Good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wealth Coffee Chat. Good to have you here. A few of the early birds up and at it, which is awesome. Uh, Sahana, good morning to you. Kevin in the house. Alison, we got Jeff. Morning, mate. Kumi. Howdy. Good to see you, folks. Welcome along. Do the old intros while everything's uh, getting warmed up, as you already know. Most of you do. I think all of you do. Anyway, uh, Jason, it's my name. But if you didn't know, there might be one or two newbies in the house. Give us a quick shout out in the chat. Say hello. Let us know where you are, what you're doing, what are you up to. I hope you're well. If you're new, say hello. Say hello. Got a few uh, people behind the veil this morning in the old Facebook groups. Good morning. Marcus, all the way from WA. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you all here, folks. Nath, how are you, man? Good to see you. <laughs> and Riley McNee in the house as well. There you go. Hey, listen. Oh, there's Luke as well. We've got all the regulars in the house now, which is great. Uh, this morning, I thought I might talk about the conversation, the concept of the stages of income. And um, it's, into, it's interesting. It's important to understand how um, these stages of income progress as we go along and whether we want to continue to progress them uh, as investors. Uh, and we don't all start out with an understanding of the stages of income. And I thought we might uh, talk through that this morning and uh, have a little look at uh, you know, what that might mean to us as investors and uh, especially property investors. How's it work? What do we do? What's the process after sitting down with, you know, thousands and thousands of property investors over the last 20 years? Got a bit of an understanding of kind of where people start when it comes to property investing and the, uh, you know, the on average direction, the the vision for most uh, investors uh, is to, at some point, have an income that's produced by their assets. And uh, that's one of the stages. Um, uh, that's one of the stages of income, the, the stages of income. But uh, let's talk about this in the process of uh, where do we start? Where do most people start? And, and how does it work? So we're going to work and talk through that this morning. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what we can do about maybe communicating that and seeing what makes sense on this conversation this morning. The the piece, the bit that we all start with, let's call it um let's call it the foundation piece we need to put in place. The foundation uh for most of us uh is an exchange mechanism, folks. And what it what what do we call this? At the bottom at not I wouldn't say it's the bottom, the starting place pretty well for everyone. Uh for most people we uh, we go to school um, uh, and uh, whatever institution, whatever education we receive, and we turn that education into something. What do we do? What's the process? What do we exchange something for something, uh, folks? What's the foundation piece, the first bit of income or skill set or knowledge or process Yep, that we learn? And you're dead right, Marcus, it's time for money. The conversation, the the first part we all learn, time and or a knowledge or a skill, but it always has some time attached to it. So time for the money, time for the money, right? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Matter of fact, I think it's fantastic. 
its most the most reliable beginning place from a from an income earning point of view. It's the most reliable place to start. If you have some skills and some knowledge and some capacity, we can go to uh, you know somebody and say, "Hey, let me let me do some work for you. Let me do a job for you, and I'll get some cash, get some money." Fabulous. Um, another way. Um, uh, another way that uh, we can talk about this is that time for money. We need to turn it into the foundation of income into the future. And how do we do that? Well, the time for money we use what we earn. All right, and we turn that into assets. All right, how do we take what we earn, folks? How do we take what we earn and turn it into assets? Well, you know, the bottom part of this process uh, requires a couple of things. So how do we now, um, you know, what do we do in this foundational piece here, the earn to assets, the time for money? Well, let's talk about what this looks like. There's going to be two parties to this mix, okay? There's going to be two parties to this mix. Number one, there is you, the person, whoever it is. The person needs to uh, go to a institution. I don't know how to draw a bank, but anyway, um, let's just call this the bank. They need to go to the bank and say, can you give me some money? And that bank or the lenders, especially when it comes to real estate investing, folks, and, and if you didn't already know, this is the real estate investing show. You, the individual over here, needs to use um, some lending and some leverage. And what asset do we have to begin with? Our ability to earn money, our income, our dollars, our wage, our salary, whatever you want to call that, is a, is most people's first tangible financial asset. That's your first asset, your ability to earn is actually your first asset, folks, is actually your first asset. What can you do with that asset? Well, you can go find someone who believes in that asset, you, and say, will you lend me some money? Now, we all know this, or you should know this, if you've been uh, hanging around in the world of finance, what are the two pieces you need when it comes to borrowing money, folks? What are the two uh, mechanisms we need to understand about uh, the ability for us to borrow and buy real estate. Really, let's just talk about that part. We're talking about borrowing money for real estate, not for cars or other stuff like that, but for, for real estate. There's two pieces to it. What are they? Put that in the chat for me. There's two bits that we need to understand or we or we bring to the party. One of them is already here, self-explanatory. The other one, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory too, but um, what are they? There's two bits that we need to bring to the market. Yep, your savings, Marcus. So in reality, yep, a deposit or equity, Tim, that's right. So you need a deposit, a deposit plus some income, okay? And so the lenders will say, right, with your deposit and your income, then we'll give you some money, right? So that stuff's pretty straightforward. That stuff's pretty easy to understand for most of us takes a bit to get our heads around to understand how to do that multiple times. You know, we not only do we want to borrow one time to get our first investment property and or our first home, but we want to do it multiple times. And that foundation piece for most of us 
Uh, when I've run the numbers, you know, when I've sat down with thousands and thousands of investors, that foundation piece equals a minimum of $3 million worth of assets. Now, um, you know, that could be anywhere from, you know, four to five investment properties. And uh, I would add in there your principal place of residence, PPR. Now, it's not part of the income generation process, folks, because oh, well, certainly in the early days, it's not part of the income, uh, the three stages of income, but it certainly gives a foundation for deposits. Okay. So, foundation. We need to have uh, our earnings as an asset turn into the ability for us to borrow and for us to then buy a number of properties to build the foundation, all right? So we've got that down pat. That's stage one. Uh, let's put that in here. Stage one. Now, nothing wrong with stage one. Um, um, starting out, everyone's got to start out doing the time for money. Most people start out doing the time for money. Uh, what I say to you is that uh, for most of us, we must understand and appreciate that that's where we start. And the quicker we can turn everything we earn into assets that turn into the next stage will give us more freedom and choice, freedom and choice. So stage two, folks, stage two is where we start to get some momentum. Anyone want to have a guess at what that stage might be called or uh, today we're going to use it as a reference for today. So we earn some money, we create some leverage and some lending, we turn some of that magic into assets and the next stage, stage two, is where your assets start to create income. Assets start to create income. Now, let's, yep. Um, and Tim, we call it the consolidation phase and the three phases of investing. But in the income phase, this income phase, this is where your assets will start to at the a point in the future, depending on your debt reduction strategies and your uh, rental increases and so on, uh, will start to produce income over and above the cost of itself to own and keep, right? So stage one, stage two, stage two, right? Now, let's talk about these stages just for a second. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, some of this is, a you know, a different version of another conversation, you know, potentially, you know, the, uh, the three stages of investing, um, et cetera, et cetera. This is the three stages of income. It goes through a little different uh, stage here. But let's just do this. Um, now, this first stage, earn into assets, you know, often, you know, that stage, certainly depending on where you are, can take seven to 10 years. Assets into income, again, can take another seven to 10 years. That's why when we sort of do these, um, these uh, time frames, you know, this sort of 20 to 30-year time frame is kind of the slow and steady wins the race time frame. Now, can you speed it up? Yes, you can. You can totally, absolutely, 100% speed it up. Um, but, you know, this is the general gist of it, folks, the general gist. So assets into income, this is where these assets now require less of you, 
so you um, as an individual um, and now the assets are now producing the majority of the income and your borrowing and capacity is now mostly driven by the assets that you own, right? The assets that you own. This is where uh, we've seen this before. Uh, well, you've seen it maybe even last night in some of the examples where um, you see the value, the assets rise fairly quickly, let's say over 10 or 20 years, that's fairly quickly, but the income the rental income is a bit slower or less. So there's a lot more equity. There's a lot more, um, there's a lot less debt and the uh, opportunity is in the gap of unused value, which really uh, points to the next stage of income, folks. Um, And so this is where how do we accelerate, accelerate our income into this next stage, right? So the next stage for the income is the stage where your money now makes more money, all right? The money on money. Now, how do we do that? That acceleration phase, this is where, this is the the holding phase. This is the buy and hold. This is the acquire you know, um, this is where we sort of keep buy things and own them and keep them. Uh, at this stage up here, money making money. We talked about it a, bit, a little bit last night at mentoring, actually, where now you can take uh, often it's where your equity uh, needs to now start making bigger returns. Okay. And how do you do that? There's plenty of ways to do that. There's so many ways to do that as you grow, go along. Um, you know, one of the ways is, you know, joint ventures. Um, we talked about that last night. A lot of people invest in businesses, um, you know, get, you know, either uh, on the share market or, or privately, um, you know, uh, and there's other stuff like the share market. There's all sorts of things here. Now, for all of us, this acceleration phase, what sort of returns are we looking for in that acceleration phase? Well, um, this is where the conversation of understanding risk versus the reward, right? And uh, this is a really good, interesting conversation when it comes to this stuff. Where do you uh, invest in things that are maybe higher risk that might have a higher risk of a loss or a failure or something going wrong? Um, Well, um, for me, for you folks, what I like the idea of investing, let's say, um, in, let's say, a joint venture, Let's quickly do this for for 30 seconds. Let's say your portfolio has grown from your 3 million acquisition phase to 6 million over 20 years, right? And your debt has gone from 3 million to 1 million, okay? 1 million. Now, in here, you can see, and this is a fairly this is a fairly normal scenario. You know, you you acquire some properties and over a period of time, we're talking, you know, 15 to 20 years, your values rise um, and your debts go down, right? In here is the equity. Now, for me, let's say I saw a project, some investment. This is part of the acceleration phase down here, money making money. Then I would um, say, all right, if I'm going to invest 100K, we talked about this last night in the joint ventures. If I invested 100K, 
uh, from my equity and it went pear-shaped. It went down, right? Right. Uh, and, and just say worst case scenario, I lost it all. It was a disaster. The whole world melted down, et cetera. Okay. Now, is that the end of the world, folks? Uh, and this is where I'm probably sort of jumping here over to this kind of conversation of risk. What's the real risk here? What's the real risk? Um, in comparison to, right, this came from my equity in my portfolio, folks, um, and this came from cash out of my savings account, okay? 100K, all right? And uh, let's say we lost 100K in cash out of my savings, which I exchanged time for money for, or I lost 100K out of my equity, which, which I didn't exchange any time for money for. Which one has the highest impact? Now, you tell me in the chat if this was the scenario, and this is where we're sort of talking about uh, money making money, folks, and understanding the risk-reward ratio. Uh, If you had something go wrong, um, boom, cashed. Exactly, Tim, and uh, that's the answer, folks. Because if you invest your cash, which is the direct, And so if you go into risky investments at this level, which is the time for money section, right, why is that a problem? Why is that much more risky than investing equity uh, or cash flow from um, rent? Well, I can tell you because your time, the money that you, the time you exchanged is limited, folks. Your time is limited. It's once it's done, you exchange that year for that cash, it's done. You can't get it back. You can't replenish that money. It won't return, right? But here's what happens with equity, and I might talk about this later on. If if you uh, ditch the equity, uh, what happens next year and the year after and the year after, folks? Well, your rents keep coming in. Uh, matter of fact, you get to claim that as a tax deduction as a loss. But so that's not a really that's not really you know, a benefit <laughs> in any way, shape, or that's just a consolation. Um, but equity is renewable. Your rents are renewable. They are renewable source, folks. They are the magic Tim Tam. Has anyone ever seen the magic Tim Tam ad? It was ages ago. It was years ago. Maybe am I showing my age? Your equity investing in acceleration activities out of your equity and your uh, rental income, it makes the risk a lot lower. If something goes wrong, yep, yes, with the genie, exactly. It gets replaced slowly, exactly, Tim. Yep. Anyway, hopefully that makes sense, team. Um, maybe a little bit rambly this morning, but we turn our time into money. Then we turn that money into assets. Those assets eventually turn into income that you don't have to earn from your physical self. And though that those assets and income turn into a significant amount of equity, and then you use that equity, take some money from your equity to make more money. That's the acceleration phase. Uh, and how do you manage that and measure that? You understand how to take a risk and get the appropriate reward for that risk. Anyway, there you go. There's the three stages of income as a property investor. There may be different stages when it comes to other investment vehicles. But uh, that's the general gist of it from uh, from today. Anyway, there you go, folks. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Hopefully um, that was useful. Hopefully that was uh, educational from uh, an idea of where you might be at right now, where you might want, need to go.
Uh, for some of us, we might be still in the first stages of investing, uh, which is the time for money, turning our earnings into assets. Nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine and uh, something that you need to make sure you continue to do until you get the assets that you need. All right, folks, uh, that's it from me. Uh, Catherine says, at what time, at what stage should you do P&I if you're alone? Catherine, um, uh, I always have an attitude that if you are still in the acquisition phase, like you still need to buy properties, you should always have your loans on interest only and uh, you should have any extra payments that you want to make in an offset account so you've got access to that money, okay? So that usually is, you know, five to ten years. Now, it doesn't mean um, that some banks uh, won't force you into P&I. It'll just be that's the way it is sometimes. But uh, it, it's, it's not um, uh, when you are acquiring, you need all of the financial um, resources to buy the next one, okay? Don't start paying off the other loans yet because that's not the phase you're in. Um, so, you know, um, hopefully that answers your question. If you need more uh, more answers or a little bit more detail on that one, make sure you catch up with your coach and they can talk you through the process and also your finance team um, to really get that one down pat. Uh, all right. Great. Thanks, team. Uh, done and dusted. Wealth Coffee Chat over and out. Good to see all of you. Thanks for joining me today. Join me tomorrow if you're up for it for another one around about 10 past 8. You guys know the drill. All right. That's it, team. Adios. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you.